0: You gotta fight for your right to party! You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network.
1: What is going on, Chiefs Kingdom? You are back on the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser, joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Caleb, what is going on, brother?
0: Not too much. No Chiefs football this weekend, but we got a real big one coming up on Sunday night. There's going to be a lot of implications for playoff seeding for the AFC West, and like you guys should already know, it's freaking Raider week. It's time. It's about ready. Let's get into the show because we got a little preview for y'all today.
1: It is Raiders Week. Let's go. It is a huge week because if everybody has forgotten, which I'm sure you have not, the Chiefs, owe oh, the Raiders won for earlier in the year, where they actually took down the Kansas City Chiefs forty to thirty-two in probably the Chiefs' worst game of the year um defensively defensively for for sure in that game. So um I, I think they're gonna be back and they're gonna be ready to go coming off the bye. The first thing that I want to start with is the news that we got yesterday that three of the Chiefs offensive linemen, Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher, and Martinez Rankin, all um had close contact or had tested positive I, the report was that at least definitely Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz were just in close contact with somebody that had tested positive for COVID. So they were not going to be practicing. Um, it came out today that the Chiefs did have negative, uh, all negative tests as far as the COVID is concerned. So that is very good news. Um, it looks like if that happens, it could be on track to play. But how much of a concern is that if the Chiefs are missing the t- the two tackles for the for their offensive line against the Raiders?
0: Well, we've already been out, been without Mitchell Schwartz for quite a while now. I was kind of thinking maybe he'd be back in the lineup this week after the bye week to get time to rest his back. But to me, as someone who studies offensive line play, this is very concerning because Eric Fisher is the Chiefs' best run blocker and Mitchell Schwartz is their best pass blocker. And if you look back to the last time we played the Raiders, they were creating tremendous amounts of pressure with only f- rushing four men from their defensive end positions. They had Max Crosby and uh, Cleland Farrell were getting some rushes back there on them. So this is good, Definitely a concern to me. I'm hoping that their tests all come back negative. I'm sure we'll probably find out more about that in the coming days, but theoretically we've already got Mike Rimmers at the right tackle for Schwartz. That would mean, if Fisher couldn't go, they'd have to have Yasir Durant come in and play, and he's an undrafted rookie free agent out of Mizzou, and he actually stepped in for a while last week in because Rimmers had some sort of an injury last week, and he came in, and, I mean, the Chiefs tried to hide him as well as they can. They ran some rollouts. They really tried to run the ball away from him, but he – has a long way to go in his development if he wants to continue to play in the NFL. And I think some of the deficiencies in his game that led to him being an undrafted free agent were quickly exposed as he gave up a couple of pass rushes and even let Mahomes get hit. So that's concerning on that end. And it could also, if those two can't play, I think the Chiefs would have to change their game plan up a little bit.
1: That was really the story of the last game too. Was going into that game, the Raiders had been kind of struggling with their pass protection, and everybody kind of expected the, to be the Chiefs, the one that the ones getting all the pressure um, on Derek Carr. And it really wasn't like that. Like you said, that the, the Raiders were able to get pressure on Kansas City, only rushing four. They only um, blitzed on three plays in the first meeting, and they were able to get pressure on 22 of Mahomes' passes um that is not good you know especially mahomes passed the ball 43 times so he's getting pressured almost half the time on those passes and then on the other other side of the ball uh the chiefs were basically non-existent as far as their pass rush and then on top of that they lost chaco charlton to a fractured leg um he you know was tweeting out that he was going into surgery the taco truck was going into into the garage to get fixed up so you know hopefully he's he's healthy uh, the Chiefs did call up Tim Ward from the practice squad. He's, got, he's kind of been injured. He's an interesting prospect. He's only 23 years old, 6'6", 256 pounds. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he is able to go, what kind of pass rush that he is able to generate. He's a guy from Old Dominion. Um, old Dominion is, you know, they kind of seem to – pump out some some good NFL prospects every once in a while. You know, Travis Fulgham right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, an old Dominion guy, and he's having a great year so far. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I really do think that the pass rush is kind of the name of the game going into this one because it was such a drastic difference between the two teams in the last meeting. And one thing I noticed while watching uh, the Raiders and the Broncos matchup this past weekend is that the Raiders starting off its tackles are not were not their normal starters. It was Brandon Parker on one side and Sam Young on the other side with Colton Miller out with an ankle injury so that is going to be something that we're certainly going to want to keep an eye on um if if you if you're you know chiefs put on your defensive coordinator hat for a minute here Caleb if you're the chiefs d c and you're seeing that um you know sam young and and Brandon Parker are starting on the edges. I'm finding every way possible to either, you know, blitz these guys, confuse them or or try to get Frank Clark one on one with them as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's like Frank Clark said, there's blood in the water. But going back, how Steve Spagnuolo would be thinking, the Chiefs defense was more or less embarrassed by the Raiders the first time they played them. It was the most points we've ever seen a Spags defense give up. And it was also the only time I think we've ever really seen the Chiefs defense give up giant rips like they did to guys like Aguilar and Ruggs. So they're gonna have to be able to create some kind of pass rush, like you're mentioning. With those backup tackles, and in, that's interesting because last time they played, there was zero pass rush. It was more or less non-existent. But and that allowed Derek Carr to get comfortable back there in the pocket because there was just no imminent threat. I think the Chiefs only had one sack all game, and I think that was more or less from Carr rolling out and getting tackled in the backfield by Willie Gay, which is something else I'll bring up here momentarily. But if I'm Chris Jones and Frank Clark this week, I'm going in there with a chip on my shoulder. I'm going in there incredibly angry. I'm not happy about the way things have gone last game. They were embarrassed a little bit. And if I'm Spags, I'm ready to cook up the pressure on them because they came into Arrowhead Stadium and they really did to the Chiefs what the Chiefs do to other teams. And something tells me, that's not sitting right with Spags. So I think we're going to see a lot of the cover zero blitzes. Um, I'm not concerned much about the Derek Carr deep ball as we saw last time because as we know, Derek Carr has one of those games every four years that the Raiders fans will – talk about, and it's usually what leads to him sticking around the Raiders organization longer and longer. So we'll see if he can repeat that magic twice. I doubt he will. I think the Chiefs are going to have a solid game plan. I just hope that they come up with a way to cover Josh Jacobs out of the backfield because after last week with McCaffrey, I'm kind of getting the feeling that the Raiders might try to get Jacobs matched up on our linebackers and as I mentioned a minute ago, this could be a game. We've been just harping on it. I really feel this is the game that Willie Gay Jr. is gonna break out in because you talk about it, it's the perfect storm. The Raiders have a very talented running back who the Chiefs have struggled with in the past and Josh Jacobs. And they have a their backup running back. I forget his name off the top of my head. He's also a very good football player. And they have two backup tackles in and one of Willie Gay's strongest traits out of college was his ability to heat up people off of, the, off of blitzes. And I really would like to see the Chiefs try to attack the, uh, the Raiders' tackles this week to make Carr uncomfortable back there. Because the more uncomfortable Carr gets, the easier it's going to be on the rest of the defense. And if you're getting consistent pressure back there, there's not going to be time to get those deep balls off in general.
1: Yeah, Devontae Booker is who you're thinking about there, the backup running back, and he has played pretty well, and he's a good passer, uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. So that, that, I mean, we've been clamoring for for Willie Gay for weeks now to see him more and more, and and really, you look at it, the Ra- the Raiders want to play smash mouth football. That's what the that's what John Gruden wants to do. He wants to line up with his big offensive line. He wants to be able to run the ball. He wants to run some play action and take some deep shots. Um, you know, he's got his Henry Ruggs out there that now can stretch the field. Nelson Aguilar has been playing playing well, and he's another vertical threat who is, you know, pretty fast. Um, but when it comes down to it, they want to be able to run the football. I, I think that that's first and foremost what the Chiefs are going to have to be able to stop. Um Against the Raiders, that's why I think Willie Gay would be expected to see some more time. You know, they they could go a lot more of the three linebacker sets uh, early in this game. You know, unless unless the Chiefs are thinking, hey, they're going to try to do what they did last time and take the shots. But really, you think about the last game, they they got the Raiders got most of their yards on just a few plays, right? They got, you know some big deep shots down the field, and that is so atypical of what we've seen from the Kansas city chiefs defense and from a Steve Spagnuolo defense since he's gone in Kansas city is they've been the best team in the NFL limiting those deep shots. So I would anticipate them being able to take those away and, and really trying to focus on take away the deep pass um, you know, on those shot type situations where you get to more towards midfield, you know, you get to the forty yard line where teams are really low, looking to go deep, which the Raiders did in the last game, and then you know, really stop the Raiders' run game early and force them to be one dimensional, like you said, the force them in passing situations, look to get some one on one situations with Frank Clark against those offensive tackles, and really make Carr uncomfortable back there. And get after him and see if we can't force a few turnovers because he'll do it. I mean, we saw, you know, last year coming off of the bye um, when the Chiefs played him. I was actually at that game. Chiefs won 40 to nine and they forced multiple turnovers in that game. Juan Thornhill had a pick six. Tyrone Tyron Matthew had an interception on the sideline. So Carr will definitely gladly give up the ball um to you if you can make them uncomfortable a little bit maybe confuse them a little bit with some different looks so i i, I certainly expect them to do that and i think that we would be um not giving uh some of these storylines justice if we didn't mention them and that is andy reed coming off of a buy who is just remarkable in his career uh he's like I don't even know what the record is. I don't want to, you know, missay it, but it's, it's very, very good. And then the other thing is, is that, you know, since Andy Reid's joined the chiefs, he's 18 and 21 or 18, and three, you know, 18 has won 18 games out of 21 games against the Raiders since he's been here. So th- th- they've dominated them. I know teams are starting to talk about a rivalry. I know good morning football, you know, we're recording this on a, a Tuesday um, evening and good morning football this morning talked about how is it a rival is it back you know if the Raiders beat him again they could be it's not a rival yet I mean yeah if they beat him I think everybody would be shocked but I mean one game's a fluke and I think that that's what they kind of said uh, on good morning football this morning is that one game is a fluke you do it twice maybe you have something but to me this is not a rivalry at all um, in that sort of aspect but yeah Andy Reid coming off of a bye that guy's going to have something ready for this Raiders defense
0: you know why I think this is actually somewhat of a rivalry we're getting into? Because the Raiders want it to be a rivalry. They, John Gruden wants to have that notoriety. He wants to be able to get into something like that to promote his own personal brand. Because I think that John Gruden and Andy Reid are probably about the most polar opposite individuals on the face of the planet. John Gruden, he'll sit there and tell you all this and tell you all that. I mean, he's barely—he's barely a 500 football coach in his career, uh, with Tony Dungy's Super Bowl team that he won with in Tampa Bay, back when I was like three years old or something like that. So he's just been this big self-promoting machine. And you know what? Raiders good football team right now. They're six and three. They beat the Chiefs. They struggle a little bit last. They've struggled a little bit the last couple of games against some teams. They should probably be beating by a lot more if they're really that good. But I sit here and look at it and the thing I always think of is this. The Raiders really took a victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium, a place in which Derek Carr has won one game at in his entire professional career. And I mean, I can think back cuz I've been to some Chiefs Raiders games at Arrowhead in the past. I was there when Mahomes threw number 50. Those weren't even games. The game you were at last year not even a contest. It was a blowout. I mean, it was probably one of the most boring like the Chiefs were literally so much better last year than the Raiders. It was just boring football that they could just go out there and, like, even let, like, LaShawn McCoy carry in a few touchdowns for the handicap league or whatever. But I just don't understand why the Raiders would do something so foolish, like actually want to make the Chiefs mad. That's just foolish to me because it makes no sense. Why are you taking a victory lap around a freaking stadium? You won a single football game the first time John Gruden's ever beaten the Chiefs and they go around and take a foot they go around. And I think Andy Reid said it best yesterday. And I think it kind of goes down to the whole Chiefs versus Raiders mentality. If you look at the history of the rivalry, Andy Reid said, you know, they can do that because they won, but he said, but that's not our style. And I could tell he's a little bugged by that, and I think the Chiefs are a little bugged by that. And I've been even alluding to this for a while on this show in the past weeks. I think we're about to see the Chiefs come out and play mad. You know, I know we all love seeing Pat out there happy with Hill and Kelsey and all the boys having fun and Eric Fisher doing crazy things in the stands of playoff games. I know we all, Chris Jones out there having fun. You know, they like to have fun when they're out there playing, which I think is a great thing. This week, I want to see them come in and kind of grit their teeth, and I think this week we see the nasty side of what the Chiefs, and I think Andy Reid's going to have something cooked up for them. You know, last time, the only reason the Raiders stayed in the game was, you know, their defensive line was really their biggest asset this week. Well, now Andy Reid's seen it on film, and if you look back to two games last year, the Chiefs lost a game versus the Houston Texans, and the Chiefs lost a game versus the Tennessee Titans. Later on, the Chiefs would have to play both of those teams again in the playoffs, and neither of those games even ended up being close. They were blowouts in the biggest football games of the year. So Andy Reid's coming in off of a bye. Good luck to the Oakland Raiders on that one, because they have made the top dogs mad now. And I really think that the Chiefs are going to go out and impose their will in this one. I'm really looking forward to seeing it because I don't think we've ever seen Andy Reid run the score up or do unsportsmanlike things, but I have a feeling this week he might have something for his buddy John Gruden.
1: It's so interesting, too, because you look at Andy Reid in and most of his press conferences, he's usually not a guy to get involved in this, and, and this has obviously been a huge talk all over the place. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of the different Shows out there, or whatever, and I was listening to uh, the Pat McAfee show earlier, and he actually even brought it up and talked about it. Um, just saying how it's so crazy to see because he said, even if you think back to when Andy Reid was in Philadelphia. And Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens kind of had um, a, a little feud in something. And he was like, no, we're not even, you know, we're not even going to talk about that. We're not going to get into it. And, and this was when I think they were going to be going against each other. And he said, you know, just, we're not going to talk about it. And and this is usually his answer to most things, right? Like, ah, we don't get involved in that kind of stuff or blah, blah, blah. You know, he gives you some sort of coach speak that says, you know, we're above that crap. We're not going to do it. But he mentioned, he mentioned the Raiders taking that victory lap multiple times in his press conference recently. And I, I quite frankly, I think it pissed him off. And I think that, I think if you think, you know, he's telling that to the media, he is certainly telling that to his players in the locker room. So they're, like you said, they are going to be coming out. They're going to be mad. They're going to be ready to go. There's going to be some extra, um, I think for, for the Raiders. And I, I, you know, coming out of a bye, I think that they're just going to, I think the Chiefs are going to bury him. I really do. And I'm usually pretty pessimistic and I don't like to get too confident, but I think, I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely bury him, uh this week. Um, I, th- I, you know, watching that Broncos Raiders game this past week and Jerry Judy was just absolutely destroying Trayvon, Trayvon Mullen, who was their starting corner um, for the Raiders and, you know, there's gonna be so many opportunities if Tyreek Hill or you know, if Sammy Watkins comes back healthy or if McCole Hardman, you know, or if Byron Bringle or even Demarcus Robinson, I think there's advantage over there, but to get Tyreek Hill or Watkins or McCole Hardman lined up on Mullen and being able to take some shots there. I think it is going to be a huge advantage for Kansas City. You know, and the Raiders are going to do what the Raiders typically do. You even watch that Broncos-Raiders game, and Arden Key and Jonathan Abram are getting up and clapping in people's faces every single play. They're going to talk their crap. They're going to try to be agitators. They're going to try to throw you off your game and do all this stuff. But the bottom line, the Raiders' Raiders defense isn't very talented. Um, they Going into the Broncos game, they were like 30th in the league per DVOA. Now they improved a little bit uh, since then, um, and that's I think a little bit because they were able to play the Broncos and they were able to get you know a ton of turnovers from from Drew Locke, But they're they're twenty first right now in the league against. Uh, for per DVOA, like 19th, let me just double check. It's 19th, yeah, against the pass and 26th against the run. So, you know, as long as the Chiefs have their, their two tackles in there and they're healthy, there's going to be a ton of opportunity, I think, for this offense. And, and the one thing I think that we, we've seen is don't give Patrick Mahomes a reason to feel slighted. And the only interception he's thrown this year was against the Raiders on that kind of fourth down, throw it up, try to make a play, um type throw and you know the Raiders parading around the the stadium and now they're coming off of a bye. Yeah, I don't I don't think that um the Raiders defense is has any chance basically right now <laughs> coming off of this bye and and what Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to have in store for them.
0: And you know what's interesting every great NFL team and every great dynasty always in all of sports in general, all of sports in general, they always have a villain that they have to go through. And Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL. What better villain for him to go against for the rest of his career than a very cocky, loud Las Vegas Raiders football team. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. I mean, Michael Jordan, basketball player for those of you who are not from earth he was pretty good or something they tell me he had the uh he had the Detroit Pistons the team that kind of tried to rattle him and beat him up now the difference between that is Mahomes has just owned the Raiders since he's been here but I think if you look back I think this is about to be the start of something great and I think that having a Chiefs and Raiders rivalry renewed for the NFL is going to be absolutely must-watch football, especially as John Gruden kind of continues to try to build his own brand over there and as Patrick Mahomes continues into the juggernaut that he is. I just think it's going to be outstanding. And you know what? If John Gruden was hoping for some maybe maybe Mahomes, once Andy Reid leaves, maybe Mahomes won't be as good and I can maybe steal the division a couple of times no chance on that because Andy and Brett Veach got went ahead and they got their extensions the other day so there's going to be a lot more of this to come from but i don't think it would be a good idea to make angry the super bowl champions the probably leading candidates to win the super bowl again and right now also the best football player on the earth making him mad not something i would and when Tyree kill and Nicole Hardman run that X route across the middle of the field. We'll see how much clapping old John Abrams and those secondary guys have to say for the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I don't think very much. <laughs> they, they won't be doing it very much. I hope, I hope at least I, I said there's just, I think the chiefs offense has such a distinct advantage in this football game. Um, You know, obviously we talked about it early It's just the, the big, the big thing I think it comes down to on both sides of the ball is, you know, are the Chiefs' tackles healthy? Are the Raiders' tackles healthy? Because the Chiefs obviously need those guys to be able to protect Mahomes, get a little bit of a run game going. And, you know, the last game, the pressure was so, so drastically, you know, lopsided in the Raiders' favor. Um, the Chiefs got to be able to apply some pressure to Derek Carr. Don't let him feel comfortable, like we kind of mentioned. Uh, on that note, uh, the Tack McKinley, who got released by the Falcons and was supposed to be signed by the Cincinnati Bengals was just released by the Bengals because he did not pass his physical. And then you also have Pierre Desir, who just got released by the New York Jets, who Desir was a pretty interesting prospect. I, I certainly thought um, pretty highly of him come out of the draft. You know, he's kind of a long corner Better in zone than he is in man, but had a great, great early campaigns back, I maybe mean, 2018-ish or so, and then has kind of struggled as, as of recent, but, you know, that's again, that's with the Jets, so who knows? And then the other big one was DeAndre Baker, former first-round pick of the New York Giants, who was tied up in some crazy thing legally, and then everything got dropped because the lawyer was trying to um basically blackmail him and solicit profits and and whatever for the victims or something so that they all got dropped so he's looking to be reinstated back in the NFL um you know this is something that obviously every single time a free agent or somebody gets released or anything like that everybody in in chief's kingdom and across the NFL knows hey is this a guy that can help my NFL team for you would you kick the tires on any of these guys to possibly Uh, see if they were worth keeping around for the 53-man roster because of the three, to me... I think it would be Tack McKinley just because how how short they are right now at defensive end. You know, if he even is just a few game rental where he could come in and situationally and rush the rush the passer a little bit, he'd be the only guy for me because you still have Legarius Sneed who is gonna be coming back from injury. Hopefully they were hopeful this week that he would start practicing. So, um I don't I don't think it's necessarily something where they need to bring in another corner with the way Fenton's been playing, whether you got Brashad Breland, how he's playing. Um but definitely across the defensive line, they're 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 pretty short. Like we said, Taco Charlton is getting his surgery, so I, I would I would kick the tires on McKinley and see if you know he can get in shape and if he can just provide maybe you know twenty 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 five snaps a game and just rush the passer strictly.
0: You know, I'm a big win from within, and I'm a big build your team through the draft guy. So I'm never too big on middle-of-the-season free agent signings, unless it's someone who I think could make a distinct advantage on the team. And it's I would take a chance on Pierre Desir over all those guys because I liked him coming out of college. He really, 2018, he was a different player. He was playing good, but something's happened. Now, there's a lot of turmoil. The Giants are bad. They've been shuffling around coaches and all kinds of things they're in a state of turnover so it's interesting to me that he would start struggling so much after he looked like a very good player I think he's a guy that's streaky I think of all the three guys you just mentioned he could potentially be a guy that would help out more for the future if they could find a way to get him producing again and playing high level football because like you mentioned Tack McKinley, he's just going to be a pass rushing type guy. In my opinion, you know, with Mike Dana back and healthy, I'd let Mike Dana go out there and play because I think he's very smart football player. I know we're having depth issues out there right now. I got to assume at some point we're going to get Okafor back. And so if they need that extra pass rush jolt, hopefully he'll be able to give it to them off the bench. He, I'd like to see her, though, just because corner's kind of an interesting position for the Chiefs. You know, Bashad Breeland is playing about as good as anyone in the sport right now. Uh, Rashad Fenton's still developing, and Legereus Sneed should be back at some point. But Charvarius Ward has really gone into a slump, and we'll see if he can bust out of it this week, hopefully, versus the Raiders. But I'd like to see her over those guys just to continue to have a strong secondary unit.
1: Yeah, you can never have enough uh, DBs. That I, that is the one thing I think in the NFL that has been pretty much um, steadfast, especially nowadays where everybody's chucking the ball all over the yard. You you can't have enough good defensive backs. So a guy that's you know potentially had had some good form. Early on in his career, maybe he can refine that and you never know what happens in guys careers, whether a battle and injury or whatever, if they just need to find the right situation and the right system again, um, to kind of bounce back. So I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't think that is the worst thing in the world. That is for sure. Um, before we get out of here, so just quick show today. Wanted to preview the Raiders. Obviously, no game to recap because the Chiefs were on a bye. But before we get out of here, Caleb, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your prediction for the Chiefs Raiders game this week? Pain. No, but uh, I think
0: we're going to see the Chiefs coming here, incredibly angry, as I mentioned, and. I think that it's going to be a drubbing. I think that the offense will put up 40 points. I think it's going to be about like 38 or 45 to 10 somewhere in there. And defensively, Tyron Matthews probably t- been talking all week with Steve Spagnole about how they're going to get car to throw one up to them. And you know what the thing is though? The Raiders have showed their hand. They showed all they had last week and I, I truly believe that is all the Raiders have. They gave the Chiefs their best gun. They fired their six shots. But the thing about that is the Chiefs show different things every week because Andy Reid is a wizard and Patrick Mahomes is the man. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see some things this Sunday that we haven't seen yet. And if the league wasn't already on notice, they are now this week because I think that Barring any unfortunate COVID events, this is going to be a blowout of epic proportions.
1: I'm going to say 44-20 to Kansas City. Raiders score a garbage touchdown late. That makes it look not as bad. I uh, Obviously 44-20 is bad, but make it look not as bad as it would have been uh, to begin with. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a route on the Kansas City Chiefs side, um, and I think that's you know the rest of the year. The Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. And if they play and do the things I think they should be do, doing the rest of the year, I, I don't see any other way that the Chiefs uh, don't make another run right to the Super Bowl. And Pat Mahomes doesn't potentially hoist his second MVP trophy. Um, all right, Caleb, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and what you've been working on?
0: Yo, so find me on Twitter as always at CJ Scoobs, taking a little break from writing this week because the film grind can get a little long sometimes. So I've honestly this week I've been working on a lot of draft stuff. I've did a little mock draft I might put on Twitter later today. And I've just been kind of getting ready because we are going to have a heck of a draft season over here at Arrowhead Live. And I just want everybody to no, this is where you gotta come for that good, good content and come read our evaluations on all the players. So I'm kind of been lining some things up for that. I'm gonna have my uh GMKC article up this week and the title of it is called Revenge, and it's just that. So I'm sure some of you who'd like to read that will have fun. And also this evening at about 6:35, I will be going on a radio show called the sports slate it's through kansas state university i'll be going on there to probably talk some more chiefs football so if y'all want to tune into that i can uh you know i guess actually they won't be listening to this because they'll be listening to this tomorrow so i'm an idiot so um yeah dude god let you go ahead and finish out the show then
1: yes but do go listen to the sports slate when you can when caleb's on there regardless maybe they have a recording you can go back and listen to or something um, but uh <laughs> you can find me on <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at JDiz1617. As always, I will have my power rankings digest for manifold Power Rankings coming out on Wednesday. That'll be out, so make sure you take a look at that. You can also find me on uh Board Fuel Sports. I do a podcast over there called balling Over Beers. Sorry, I had to sneeze. And um, we talk about betting and DFS and season-long fantasy. So if you're into that sort of thing, make sure you go find that. Again, it's called Ballin' Over Beers. You can find us on Twitter at Ballin' Over. And uh, it's Raiders week. Chiefs Kingdom, let's go Let's go get this W because it's about to be the Raiders. open. I think, it, <laughs> I think Andy Reid and Mahomes have uh, got something cooked up for these boys. So I'm excited uh, and I can't wait for Sunday night. But we appreciate you being here. If you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you're sharing it around. Go check out Arrowhead Live for all the content. We are putting out a ton of articles, a ton of different podcasts on top of our own. So make sure you're going there. Check all that stuff out. But uh, we appreciate you being here, and we'll talk to you next time. To the Chiefs' kingdom, you guys are world champions once again.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!